Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we're your hosts. And this is the second week of our singleness series, That's right. which we are very excited about, partly because, you know, back in, I guess it was December, maybe, yeah. we asked you listeners what you wanted to hear on the mm-hmm. Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And we were already dreaming and praying and brainstorming about a singleness series, but you actually just affirmed that this is what you want. That's and right. so we have really created this with you in mind. What we want to be clear about is singleness is not the pain point. And sometimes I know in the church world, in church culture, it can feel like singleness is bad and hard and suffering. That's not what we're saying. Now, for some of you, we know it may feel like suffering and some of your stories, it actually is. But what we're talking about here is the pain within singleness. Yeah. And Aubrey, because of this, we decided to invite our fabulous producer, Taylor, uh, to join us in our conversation after this interview. Um, because she's passionate about, she's single and she's passionate about helping other people who are uh, uh, in seasons of singleness, whether they're called to it long-term or whether it's a short-term season, um, pursue holiness in it. And so you got introduced to her last week. Um, and so it's, it's going to be really great to have her. Make sure you stick around afterwards. We're going to talk some more with uh, Taylor and we're going to talk about this conversation that we have with Brooke. Now we do, we do want to, um, before we dive into this conversation, uh, we want to just give you a little bit of a warning. Uh, you probably don't want to listen to this with um, kids, you know, or littles. If, so if you're in the car, go ahead and pause this plan to listen to it later. But there is a, a warning. Brooke talks about um, death by suicide. And so if that could be a trigger for you uh, or anybody around you, you want to make sure that you're aware of that. And, you know, I, we say this, uh, we were talking before we kind of went on air, Aubrey, about the idea of, of trigger warnings and the reality mm-hmm. is, is every single one of our podcast episodes could be, you know, triggering to, to people. Yeah, it could contain some triggers. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm, I'm reading a book right now where the author of this book kind of sets out this premise. Where, where did we come up with this idea of trigger warnings? Because what ends up happening with trigger warnings is that we're essentially saying, hey, here's your opportunity to opt out of this if this is going to cause too much duress in you. And what we want to invite you to do in this um, is, is actually the opposite, because triggers perpetuate in our lives as long as we avoid the thing that is triggering us toward our trauma. Okay. Hmm. And so we want to invite you instead to lean into those difficult emotions. Now you may not be completely ready. I don't know if you're ever really ready to lean in to triggers, to be honest with you, but it is imperative to lean into these things to be able to sort through and untangle that trauma. And so, um, you know, I just want to, I was, I was thinking about that and I've been kind of percolating on it for a while, thinking about that in terms of our podcast and going, wow, this is a very, a lot of our episodes can be very triggering for people. I want to encourage you in these to lean into these things because that is the portal to healing. So um, today we have a great conversation with Brooke Talley, who is the director of Widow Ministry at Songs in the Night. And uh, she also happens to be a certified guide here at Nothing is Wasted and leads our Young Widow Community Group. 
Yeah, this one is is fantastic. And if it means anything to you or if any of our other episodes mean anything to you, we'd love to invite you to rate and review the Nothing Is Wasted podcast on Apple Podcasts. And let's go ahead and listen to Davy's conversation with Brooke Talley. Brooke Talley, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast with us. This is a long time coming. Isn't it, though? We've been waiting for this for a while. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's really an honor. Well, Brooke, um, we thought about doing this while we were down at the retreat together. And mm -hmm. uh, there was just so much craziness and trying to meet everybody and spend time with everybody we didn't get a chance to. So now we're talking with each other. And I'm excited to be able to have this conversation with you because of all the things that I even got to hear about uh, some some more uh, parts of your story. Um, obviously, you are very, very involved in our ministry, and you're leading mm -hmm. uh, young, a young widows group, not just in our ministry, but also um, in partnership with our ministry as you lead retreats. And so I don't right. want to waste any time because I know we've got a lot that we can talk about and that this is going to be a rich yes. conversation. And so I want you to just track back with me and kind of start by sharing your story and um, the tragedy that hit your life. And, and we'll, we'll talk about and dissect what God's been doing in that. All right, let's do it. Um, it's hard to know where to start, but mm. I think I'd start at Auburn University. Oh, places. no. So well, uh, well, I grew up in... <laughs> guys, so I you guys know, Brooke and I have this joke all the time that we're... <laughs> consistently every time we see it roll tide she does not like that at all <laughs> no 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 we don't say that at our house um but i grew up in birmingham went to school at auburn and i remember walking in to the baptist campus ministries my sophomore year and the guy that was leading praise and worship just like took my breath away i was like who is mm. that guy and then I find out that all the girls had a crush on this guy, and it was Doug. Um, <laughs> my my, who would be my husband in a couple more years, right? So, yeah. um, anyways, so Doug and I met at Auburn. He was leading worship at um, our church and at the Baptist Campus Ministries, and um, we just really hit it off and mm. uh, got married. He was a civil engineer and uh, started working for a contractor. And then I was a social worker. So I was doing like adoption work, um, just really passionate about being a part of what God was doing in the adoption realm mm. and um, loving my job there. So we got married in 2005 in December, New Year's Eve. And then um, we moved around a lot but then we moved to Santa Rosa Beach, like with plans to just plant roots mm. because who doesn't want to live at the beach, right? right? True. Very true. So <laughs> we we moved to Santa Rosa Beach in October 2012 and bought a house. And we were like, all right, this is it. Like, we're going to start a family. We're going to live at the beach. Life is going to be good, you know. And um, Doug used to say, you know, like, life at the beach is, is still life. <laughs> we found out pretty quickly that... Life doesn't change just because you live right. next to beautiful water and gorgeous sunsets. Yeah. And so, um, anyways, we we were doing life down here. We had our first son, Hayes, in um, October of 2016. Um, if you're doing the math, we didn't have Hayes for like a while. Mm. So our life life changed a lot when we had a baby. <laughs> I think we Googled things that we never thought we would Google. You know, like it was like just trying to figure out how to keep this little dude alive. Yeah. Uh, but man, we adored 
just becoming parents. Um, kids are they're a blessing, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a long time coming for us. So mm-hmm. that was one of the sweetest years of our marriage. And then when Hayes was 11 months old, um, I left for work one Monday morning. I knew Doug was, like, super stressed at work. Um, and so I felt led to pray for him before I left. Mm-hmm. So I was holding Hayes, and I put my hand, like, on his head. And I just prayed for wisdom, and I prayed over his day and his decision-making. And I don't even really know um, what other words came out of my mouth. And then I left, and then um, I didn't, you know, how, like, you text your spouse when you're at work, and usually you get a response. But uh, I didn't hear back from him all day long. So it came down to leave and head home, and I was like, man, that was just real weird. I didn't hear back from Doug today. So I got home. And he wasn't there, but his car was. And so it it was, I was, I knew something was going on. So I immediately called the police department and um, I just said, <laughs> I said, hey, my husband's at home and he's supposed to be. And praise God, just by me saying that, like, they were like, all right, we're on our way out to your house. Wow. Um, which looking back, I'm like, that didn't even sound like a reason to come check, check on me. And yeah. they did. They were there within minutes. And, um, you know, as we started piecing things together, they started a search and, um, it was mm. two days before we found out that Doug wouldn't be coming home. Oh my gosh. Um, so we were kind of in limbo for a couple days, but, um, got a knock at the door a couple days later and they just said, Hey, we found him. Um, he won't be coming home. And it looks like it was suicide. <sighs> so that was, um, Really up into that point in my life, the most traumatic, tragic, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you're, you're a new parent, you're gearing up to celebrate a first right. birthday with your baby boy and like life is good and then this thing happens. Like it just yeah. really kind of hit us out of nowhere. So. You know, the, the two days right there, you know, I didn't realize that it took two days for them to, to find him and I can... I can only imagine what's going on in your mind during those two days. Can you describe the, those couple of days for us as you can remember them? I know I'm sure you, there's probably so much that's a fog as well, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's a oh, lot that's yeah. very clear too, you know? Right. Right. I think, um, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like my, my spirit knew mm. what had likely happened. Like yeah. I could even think back to that Monday when, when we believe it happened and, um, Man, it was like, yeah. I, I can think back and pinpoint. Wow, I think that's actually when when Doug met Jesus because like mm-hmm. I felt it in my my body, but I just didn't know how to put language around it until the pieces started coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I I knew, but I wouldn't. I wasn't anywhere close to verbalizing what my fears were. Like yeah. I don't even think I said out loud. Like, what if he's not with us? Like I think yeah. any language that came out of my mouth was like. Man, like my prayers were, I hope they find him. I hope he comes home safe. Um, we, you know, it, wow. it, yeah. It's like where your your soul and your yeah. mind mm-hmm. are in two different places. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, you, they, they, you say this term soulmate, but, you know, it sounds like there was also this, like, spiritual connection there where you sensed it and the Holy Spirit really prepared your heart, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, for the reality of, of what this was going to be. And, um, we talk about quite a bit, the, the, the grace 
of God and the preparation before we step mm-hmm. into, uh, you know, trauma or tragedy. And it's not that it's, um, it's, it's not that it's sometimes you can't recognize it in the moment, but you look back on it and you go, Oh wow, God was really preparing me. And he was, yeah, and he's good in preparing my heart for this kind of a, these, this kind of news. But even the fact that your spirit yeah. just knew it and even down to knowing the moment in some cases, um, right. I haven't shared this really a whole lot and I'm not sure if this, uh, if it, if it lines up, it's the same thing, but you know, my late wife, Amanda was killed while, while I was at the gym. Mm -hmm. And that morning while I was at the gym, I was sitting at one of the machines and I was scrolling through Facebook in between like one of the the reps. And I came across the, do you remember the the country singer that lost his wife, Rory? And there was like a big story with this. And, um, I believe as my memory is serving which is hard, you know, it's very foggy. I believe it had just happened in his life and they were releasing something about, she had died with cancer and they were releasing this video that she had posted for her kids. Um, and I remember just having this thought like, man, that just is awful thinking about having to say goodbye to, you know, your kids Mm -hmm. and your spouse and, you know, the reality of knowing that you're not going to, be alive. And, and it's almost like the Lord prepared my spirit in that moment too. Mm, and so yeah. I, I resonate with you when you're saying there that there's these, th- these things that God prepares us. Um, mm. 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 And you know, okay, similar story for me. Um, man, I pulled, so I was I'm a supervisor at my job. I work with kids with autism and I pulled one of my therapists out to check on her. And she said, man, it's been a hard morning. She said, my husband's a youth pastor and lost one of his students to suicide over the Mm. weekend. And right when she said the word suicide was when I had that feeling in my soul, like something happened. And um, yeah, isn't that, man, just the spirit prepares you for the news you're going to get two days later, right? Now, Brooke, as as you and I have had conversations about this, you didn't really have much of a inclination that Doug was wrestling through any kind of, you know, mental illness. So, so suicide almost didn't seem like that was, there was nothing for you to be concerned about. That almost seems odd that, that, right. You know, that he took his own life. Can you talk through that with me a little bit? Cause I know that that's been, it's been part of your wrestling as you've been grieving through this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh man. You know, Davey, I don't know that I'll ever piece together. I actually had had someone over for dinner last night who just lost her daddy to suicide. And it was the same story. Mm. She was like, looking back, like, yeah, I knew there was some depression, but there's a lot of people out there who struggle with depression. There's a lot of people like who, how are you supposed to know that, that, that that's what's on their mind, you know? Um, Mm. so I don't think that it's rare for me to have the story that I have. Whereas at the time I felt very isolated. I was like, everyone else who's lost someone to suicide, like they knew it was coming. This feels so odd that it caught me off guard. Um, But we were just in such a sweet season, you know, like we were in such a sweet season of life. Um, I knew work was stressful, but like home life was so sweet and so good. Um, So, (laughs) I mean, you can't shut your mind off after something like this. My mind tried to piece together and dig and find out, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I have settled. So, um, Joshua chapter five, 
I have it actually right here in front of me. Mm. It's when Joshua is about to lead. Um, well, they're about to enter Jericho, right? So yeah. the Lord's about to to let the the walls fall down so they can enter into the promised land into Jericho. And there's an angel there and he sees the angel and he says, are you for us or for our adversaries? And the angel said, no, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Um, and I was sitting with that scripture and it was like, God, like, are you for me and Doug? Like what in the world happened? Um, but I knew, like, I just knew from the beginning, this is so beyond anything I could ever figure out. Like this feels so spiritual. This feels so beyond anything I'll ever be able to explain. Um, but if I know anything at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter. I want to be on it. I want to fight this battle with God. And Mm -hmm. he says, I'm, I'm not choosing sides here, but hey, do you want to come fight with me? And my answer is all day long, yes, God. Like, wow. let me come on, on the battlefield and I will yeah. fight with you, whatever that looks like. So I just had to, at, at some point, just quit trying to figure it out and just say, you know what? Like, I'm not going to understand suicide. I'm not going to understand mental health. Yeah. I really didn't spend a lot of time trying to to dive into those pieces I just ran to Jesus and ran to the word. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think the more my gaze was upon truth in him and he started stepping in and transforming, I was like, okay, so now my story is making more sense mm, yeah. and it doesn't have to do with me understanding why Doug did what he did. Like, right. Right. And that's okay. Isn't it interesting how your story can make sense when your story doesn't make any sense? Yeah. Right. It can have, if you want to say it this way, it, it can begin to have meaning even when there's no explanation. Mm. Right. And that's what one thing I know about you as we've interacted is that now through this, like God has been doing quite a work in your heart and then through your life. But talk to me about, you know, the first several months right afterwards where God met you. How did he meet you oh, in this? Man. How did he begin to start bringing meaning to this? Even when you, right. there were so many question marks. Right. Right. So I, I think a blessing about suicide, if I can say that, is that, like I was just saying from the beginning, like I knew, like I didn't blame God in the beginning. Mm. Like a lot of people lose a spouse to cancer and they're very mad at God. I was the complete opposite. I was mad at the enemy. Like Mm, it was clearly a work of the enemy and I was furious at what potential sin has in this broken world. Like my understanding of a broken and fallen world was just unlike any other moment in my entire life, you know? And so with that, like I ran to Jesus and he, he was there. So we, we actually have some amazing friends. Mm. Um, I told you I did some adoption work. I was a social worker and that was kind of my niche for a long time. Love me some James 127. Um, partnering with churches on mission trips to orphanages. Yeah. Like a lot of our friends have adopted children from overseas or from foster care. And so our friends just very naturally had, God had already cultivated a heart in them to care for widows and orphans. Mm. And when Brooke and Hayes became James 127 wow. in the flesh, like my friends just showed up like wow. they just showed up um whether that meant coming to to spend time with us and just be with us or to give me 
time with Jesus mm. and just sit and wrestle and and do all do all the things. Um, I just I, I needed a lot of time by myself after Doug passed away, yeah. and um, my mom, my parents live close, and my mom helped with Hayes a lot, and then my, our friends really would step in and very tangibly just take Hayes and give me time to sit and write and read and um, wrestle with God and try to make sense. Um, So that's what the first months look like. But man, I say, okay, so Doug passed away in October. Hayes' birthday was like right there. And then my birthday. And then you've got Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas. And then our wedding anniversary was New Year's Eve. So I mean, I was just. You hit them all right there back to back. I hit it all right there. Yeah. 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 Wow. So just a lot of time in solitude with Jesus and grieving and crying. I remember going to the graveside a lot. The graveside's uh, about 45 minutes from the house. Mm. So I grieved a lot just at the grave. Yeah. Do you feel like there were some like particular things, like some breakthroughs that God showed you in in those moments of of grieving where he just showed up and it really put, you know, a peace in your heart? just because the truth, you know, I heard you say earlier, you, you ran to his truth. You ran to the word. Um, and, and, and so what was it about the word that really began to become that healing sound for you in those moments of deep lament and grief? So, I mean, I've been a Christian like for a really long time. Yeah. I grew up in a Baptist church, um, always been super involved in church. And so the gospel, right. Death and life resurrection, like those, those are pretty, foundational beliefs of our faith, but I will never forget. I was sitting, I had put Hayes to bed. It was one night and I was reading in James at the beginning about suffering. And, uh, it says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be, listen to this, that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. It was like the Holy Spirit <laughs> opened my eyes this January night. Mm. I have I have read that verse a lot in yeah. my life, right? But then like reading it that night, looking back, I, that that was the Holy Spirit meeting me yeah. and just giving my eyes an aha moment to something. Okay, so this is what wow. lies I was believing, Davey. I was like, okay. I've been a social worker. I've worked with broken situations, broken families, broken people for years. Um, I work with special needs children. Like I've always been in the helping profession. So I've seen a lot of people struggling, a lot of people having hard lives, right? And I've seen it be really detrimental. And I've seen, you know, people not thriving in these situations. And so that was just my belief. I was a believer, a Christian who just had kind of convinced myself that my life was just going to be pretty much over hard, mm. you know, like I, the future that I saw for me and Hayes was, was not pretty. Yeah. And then I read this verse and it says that you may be perfect and complete <sighs> lacking in nothing. And I, I think I read it like 10 times and I was like, hold on, hold on. What does that say? Wow. And I read it again. And it was like, no, that's not what scripture says about suffering. Wow. That I was supposed to count it all. Like I'm going I'm being made more complete. Yeah. And I'm not gonna be lacking. Like, yes, I just lost my husband, but I will be lacking nothing on the wow. other side of this. Wow. And 
I will never forget that night in January. And then I think I reached out to my friends. I was like, send me all the scripture you can think of because <laughs> I, I, I feel like I just want to reread the whole Bible, you know, which I actually have several times yeah. since then. But I, it's just a whole new perspective you're seeing it of in the a gospel. New perspective. Yeah. Oh my absolutely. goodness. Like transformational. Right. The Pain to Purpose devotional released on July 22nd, and since then we have been blown away with the response and orders from you, our Nothing is Wasted community. It has been such a humbling experience to see people get their hands on the devotional and to hear how God is using this devotional to meet people in their pain. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your support, prayers, and responses to this passion project that I have put my heart and soul into. Now, if you haven't already ordered the devotional, we still have more copies available for you or someone else that is wanting encouragement to get through a valley. Over this 42-day journey, we believe that God can and will meet you in your pain. To start the journey and order your copy of the Pain to Purpose devotional, head over to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code PODCAST to receive 20% off the purchase of the devotional. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com. Dot com and make sure you use the code podcast for 20% off. You know, when you especially experience loss, you're feeling emptiness or you're feeling loneliness or you're feeling less complete. You know, you're now half, it feels like, of what you were. If you become mm-hmm. one with somebody in marriage, then all of a sudden that that's severed. Now you feel like you're half. And so you don't feel like that you are a whole person anymore. And this scripture is completely counter, uh, intuitive to that. It's saying the, the, the portal to wholeness, the, the entry point into experiencing that wholeness and, Mm -hmm. um, and that, that, that satisfaction and fulfillment of thriving, right. Is actually counting it all joy in our pain. And, and in death and in loss. Um, and, and, and you can only experience something like that. That can't be explained. It doesn't make sense. We live in a kingdom. We, we live in a kingdom of this world that doesn't make sense uh, because this is an upside down kingdom that we're operating in as believers. It doesn't make sense to mm-hmm. the kingdom of this world. And so, um, man, that's so good. So he's showing you, this completeness, this perfection that he's doing inside of you. Um, what were some major instrumental markers in, in your healing journey? Um, as you're sorting through all this, as you're, you know, we talk about all the time, uh, going from pain to purpose, right. As you're kind of learning what that looks like to heal and to kind of re reset this foundation as you're pouring into God's word and reading it over and over and over. Can you think of some major, instrumental markers, uh, maybe people that came into your life or different things that came into your life. You're like, man, that really was a catalyst for me. Mm, For sure. Because at this point I still am doing this race with my wonderful friends who love Mm -hmm. Jesus and get what it's like to be near to the brokenhearted. Right. But I have not connected with another young widow. Mm. I still feel very isolated in my story. And I'm believing a lot of 
even though I feel like the spirit is telling me, hey, you're not alone. There's actually an army out there that I'm, that you're going to meet. Like he was telling me that. And I was like, okay, well, well, where are they? (laughs) Because I'm still the only one at church on Sunday morning who's a widow with a, you know, an 18 month old. Um, I just felt very much like my, my story was not, not very common. Hmm. So then I get this email, like, and this is so nuts, and, uh, the summer, and it's from Rachel Faulkner Brown, mm-hmm. and she started Never Alone right. Retreats and does Be Still Ministries. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I wish I had the email. I'm sure I could <laughs> dig it up. It was the most amazing email I've ever read. It was like I hit the lottery or something. Wow. So it, I don't even know how they found me, how they found my name, how they found my email. I have no idea. Probably Instagram. Wow. And um, it said, you know, we are having a retreat for young widows who have small mm-hmm. children. And we just want to give you a spa treatment <laughs> and love on you and give you a weekend away from, you know, your little one. And we just want to pour into you and tell you how much Jesus loves you for a whole weekend when you come to Atlanta. And I was wow. like, yeah, um, okay. I will actually. <laughs> like, I didn't know who Rachel was. I had no idea. Hmm. And um, I, d- I didn't tell very many people because, you know, those are things that I had to tell my mom, obviously. I was like, mom, will you keep pace? I just bought a plane ticket to Atlanta. I uh, really think it's fine. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you didn't ask for permission. You just were like... <laughs> Planes are already in motion. You're going to need, somebody's (laughs) going to have to take A's. (laughs) So I got on a plane. So Brittany Brooker, um, Courtney Duke, um, Paige, and Rachel were the widows that were there that weekend. Oh, man, Davey. Like, I also met, there were 20, there's about 20 of us that were young widows all in the first year, all with young children. And I'm like, I am not alone. I'm not alone. You know, like, this is, this is amazing. And not only that, but I have people like Brittany and Rachel and Courtney, like exude Jesus. Yeah. Like they sat on the, the main, like at the fireplace and we were all mm. in this den of this beautiful home. And they were just talking about Jesus and about running to him in widowhood and t- sharing their stories. But mostly they just like their relationship with Jesus was something that you watch and you're like, mm. I want that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember sitting in that room and I think yeah, I'd been like eight months since Doug passed away. And, um, and I was, I just told Jesus, I was like, I want, I want to be mm. speaking of your faithfulness, like wow. on the other side of this, like, I want to know you like that. Wow. And, um, so that was just, a, yeah, that was, that was substantial for my yeah. healing journey. Whew. Man. And just such a picture of how God runs after us and yeah. pursues us. Like, I can't even explain. Yeah. How did they find you? Yeah, that kind of a thing. Right. And right. That's incredible. Wow. Well, I know that we somehow got connected with you. Um, and I think it was just there was some interaction that was taking place on maybe Instagram or something like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, then, and then we had heard about you from... Brittany Brooker. And we, uh, reached out and we said, Hey, we're kind of like starting these groups and just wondering what your thoughts are on this. What was that like when, when, when you got that, I don't know if it was a DM from me or, a or from Christy or from, but we, we just reached out cold Turkey 
Um, uh, that was was that a was that a catalyst for you? Did you feel ready to start help? I mean, I heard you say I'd like to speak of your faithfulness on the other side right, of this, but right. well, where were you at at that point? Oh well, that's significant because I was right at the sweet spot to get that message from mm. you. Because okay, so here's the deal. So that first year, um, I started hearing about young widows, and I didn't know what to do because like I. There was one one girl, Ashley, lived 45 minutes down the road, but I, I'm just still trying to figure out what's up and what's down. And so I, I mailed her a care, or, well, now they're called care crates, but I, I mailed her a box full of items that had helped me. And I was like, here you go. Mm. You know, like these are things that have been helpful to me. Um, and then, it, it, okay, so it was approaching the one-year mark. So October is would be a year. So it was October, 2018. And, um, my pastor at my church, she was like, Brooke, we know that it's about to be a year, you know, since Doug went to heaven and what can we do to love on you? And I Mm. said, Rachel, you know what? I said, the most beautiful thing I was able to do this year was to send out three or four packages to other young widows that I found out about. And I feel like I'm going to probably have the opportunity to do that more in the future. Mm. And so she said, well, let's do an Amazon like list of all the things you want to put in these care crates and let's just stock you up. Like let's have wow. a, a, a packing party at the church. Let's stock you up. Wow. They put out on Facebook, the Amazon list. Davey, for two, two or three weeks before the one year heaven day, for Doug, right? I am climbing over Amazon packages on my front doorstep wow. trying to get into the door after work because people were just mailing all the things to my house. So we we packaged 40 to 50 boxes that night at church yeah. on the one year. And so that's kind of where Songs in the Night was birthed. So, um, so we started Songs in the Night. I got a logo. We slapped a sticker on these <laughs> beautiful white boxes. And then as people gave us names throughout the year, um, we would mail a care crate out. Yeah. So this is, this is happening in this like, so I have now this really long Excel <laughs> spreadsheet of wow. all these young widows. I end up the very first care crate I sent to to my friend Ashley in Navarre that was 45 minutes down the road. Yeah. She had started a nonprofit wow. um, and it was specifically to have retreats for widows. Wow. So in December, okay, so you reached out to me. No, it was 2020. So anyways, we had, we actually held our first retreat in March and we're like, like, we got the vision. We're like, all right, we're going to have retreats for widows. We're sending out care crates. And then, Davey, you reached out like two weeks after our first retreat. Wow. Everything had shut down from COVID. And I was like, man, we were going to have a bunch of retreats this year. Mm-hmm. And now COVID has literally shut everything down. And then you messaged me. And I was like, something is happening here. And mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. But my answer is 100% yes. Wow. Um, to partner with nothing is wasted. And you know what's happened here is just a beautiful discipleship piece has mm-hmm. happened over Zoom yeah. with the community group. Yeah. Like we are we are doing life together. These girls have been on a call every other week since September. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it'll be a year before too long. <sighs> wow. And it's wow. it's not a weekend retreat, which weekend retreats are phenomenal. Yeah. I was blessed by one. Right. But discipleship every other week with people mm. who are walking out the same, I mean, it's, you yeah. just can't. Only God can orchestrate that. Yeah. 
Well, that each, each one of them has their place, right? We can retreats are fantastic catalysts that kind of launch you or propel you into what needs to be then an ongoing, you know, process for people. And that's what yeah. I love about even the convergence of the dream that you guys have and, and what we're doing in, in partnership with you guys and with nothing is wasted. Um, and what I love about what I'm hearing too, is that you started Brooke by just, you know, sending one care package. Mm-hmm. You met a need. You said, well, how can I help somebody with the same things that I've been helped with? And that's exactly out of scripture, right? Comforting those with the same comfort that you have received. Mm, and yeah. you, you weren't going, okay, God, how can I, how can I start this massive, you know, nonprofit ministry? At, initially, you were just like, how can I help the, the next person that I hear about? Right. And that's what's so beautiful about this, your story and how it's evolved. You've been faithful with that little thing. And then Songs in the Night developed. It kind of evolved into this, this, this actual organization of stuff. And then God sent people around you to um, resource that organization. Can you explain just a little bit about Songs of the Night and what, you know, obviously you've, you've shared just a tiny bit what you were aiming to do, but mm-hmm. what exactly is the organization's, you know, dream and desire? What would you guys like to see come out of that? Oh, man. Oh, so, I mean, I'll tell you, but I'm also going to tell you it's going to be bigger than what I could even dream up because Listen, God just okay. keeps blowing me away. That is okay. And that, so <laughs> but here, here's the the Brooke and Ashley dream. Um, so Ashley um, is my friend in Navarre. She she started the nonprofit mm-hmm. Crown for Ashes, and there's actually two wings to it. So there's a widow component, which is Songs in the Night, and then there will be a warrior component for mm. couples um, down the road when when God decides that it's time to launch that part. So Songs in the Night is the widow ministry of crown for ashes um we oh man we'll we will do retreats we will Mm. do retreats for women in like their first year of grief yeah that first year is so crucial like like in my story never alone i went eight months and it was a significant event for me just a couple days away in atlanta with people who were on the other side yeah um but we also want to down the road have rebuilding retreats where we will come alongside women two, three years out. And this scripture is so heavy on my heart right now. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's workers labor in vain. And like (laughs) he has to direct our steps and rebuilding. And these desires and these longings for our lives to be rebuilt are Mm. like some of the most intense longings I have felt in my entire life. Um, and to surrender that at the feet of Jesus and have people encourage you to do that. And people teach you how to hear from the Lord and how to know his voice and how to take some really hard steps of faith yeah. to be obedient to his good plan mm. for our lives like that. We we hope to have retreats one day that will serve that purpose. Wow. Um, and then the care crates are always like, as soon as we can find out about somebody, especially in that first yeah. year, we are cranking out care crates about five to 10 every month. Wow. Um, and I hope that ministry grows. I would love to have church partnerships just fully fund the care crate ministry yeah. Yeah. Um, so that we can literally get a name and send the package out and oh, never have wow. to ask anybody for money. That's amazing. I love that, man. That's so amazing. So you touched on something, this thing that's stirring in your heart right now. Um, Mm -hmm. with, and and I love that verse, Christy over and over and over reminds me this verse because 
this Enneagram three over here loves to try to build things that oh, maybe man. is out in front of the Lord, you know? And, yeah. uh, and so she's constantly reminding me of this same verse that's pressing on your heart. Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. And this is very much, um, uh, pricking a sensitive s- spot in your heart where, where, you know, you're wrestling with some of this rebuilding and some of these dreams that you have for, uh, you know, build, rebuilding your family and all of that. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about this journey that you've been on because we're in the middle of this singleness series. And mm-hmm. I would love to just hear your thoughts on this. You've now, you're now s- have stepped into a season of singleness, not by, mm-hmm. not by your own volition, but you were thrust into it. And now you're wrestling through this with the Lord. Uh, so kind of walk us along the journey of your wrestling. Oh my goodness. And I'll be honest, like I, I learned a lot. I mean, you can already tell because we, we've talked about the gospel mm-hmm. and grief and death to resurrection, like tr- like losing Doug transformationally mm. changed my spiritual walk with Jesus. <laughs> but I will say probably the same has happened this past year. Mm. You know, Ashley and I started dreaming big dreams for ministry. And um, I started dreaming big dreams for the rebuilding of our home. Like I desperately mm. long for Hayes to have a dad. I desperately long to be remarried and started dating and like, I would love to have control over those things. Mm. <laughs> I really would. And I don't know if some of that is post um, trauma that we just want to hold tightly and grasp, hold tightly to things. Yeah. I also feel like this sense of urgency and mm. Jesus is just speaking rest over me. He's like, Brooke, I need you to rest. And wow. you're striving and and striving is not where I want you. So I think about the quadrants that you do in, in the Pain of Purpose curriculum. I think I was in that um, survival quadrant mm. for so long that like my my physical body literally feels like it needs to do, 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 strive, yeah. make things right. happen. And he's just trying to move me to that thriving co- mm. quadrant. He's like, Brooke, the things will happen when the things are supposed to happen. Like yeah. I have time. I have time to bring you a husband. I also have time to prepare him for you mm. and for Hayes. And I have time to build a beautiful ministry. Trust me, you know? Yeah. So, um, Man, it was like last. Okay, so we you reached out during COVID shutdown. I think it was around April. Mm-hmm. He started asking me to let a lot of stuff go a couple months after that. Oh, wow. Um, he asked me to let dating go. He asked me to let um, my job. Y'all, I was a supervisor <laughs> at an autism school for 10 years. And he yeah. was like, hey, I want you to work part time. And I just want you to show up to work and be an awesome therapist on the three days that you go to work. But I don't want you, you know, over people. I don't want you. I don't want you in that same role that you were wow. in, which talk about identity, right? Yeah, like absolutely. I already just, I'm like, God, did you remember two years ago you <laughs> took my husband and yeah. I, I had to wrestle with my identity? Like this felt like another identity crisis mm. for me, which is honestly just a good, good thing for mm. us to like lose all the titles and God <laughs> to let us be seen as just a child of of God. That's so true. Wow. Um, so good. Man. So I'm just laying all this stuff down. And then we started paying a purpose, Davey. I think we kicked it out mm-hmm. in August. Yep. yep. That first or maybe the second video on befriend your emotions. Hmm. 
Uh, I, I mean, the story goes, because the Holy Spirit is just always moving and and making things line up. So I had given haze to Doug's parents for the weekend on the way um, to, to Birmingham. They called me and told me they had gotten hit on Interstate 65 by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh. And um, she was like, everything is fine. Like literally everything was fine. But getting that phone call and hearing that news and right. then being in Florida, right? Um, I, it shook me up. Yep. And then that yep. night I watched Befriend Your Emotions. And the first one you talked about was fear. Mm. And it was um, how a lot of times we don't let ourselves feel mm-hmm. fear because we come or we, before we can feel it, we start speaking, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear over us. Right. Yeah. And so you really broke that down. And I, I listened to that. I pause it. And I just remember it just wrecked me. Like it, re- it wrecked me because I think since Doug passed away, obviously there were a lot of feelings of fear happening mm-hmm. in my flesh. And I wasn't letting myself feel them right. um, until you gave us permission to feel afraid but then to run to Jesus and to hear what he has to say and hear what he wants to speak into those spaces. And I ultimately realized like I wasn't trusting Jesus with my family. Mm. I wasn't trusting Jesus with my ministry. I wasn't trusting Jesus with my finances. I wasn't trust like I was terrified to trust Jesus. I wanted control, right? Right, right. So, um, oh man. He was near, but he was also <laughs> stretching me quite a bit with with this surrender. And yeah. then I think two weeks later, I was like, okay, God, so I surrendered. Now you want to give me the things back? <laughs> and he was like, oh, sweet girl, like this is a process. <laughs> this is not going to be a two-week uh, thing. This is going to be something to wow. radically transform your walk with me. And you're going to thank me later for it because it's going to wow. be beautiful. Hi, friends. I wanted to talk to you for a moment about our Nothing is Wasted monthly partner program. We started this program in 2019 to add even more resourcing and value for those of you who are willing to donate $20 a month or more to our ministry. That still is the purpose of this program. But even more than that, it is one great way for you to partner with us. When you set up a recurring donation of $20 a month or more, or a one-time donation of $240 or more, you receive access to all of the content behind our paywall, which includes exclusive bonus episodes with past guests, behind-the-scenes commentaries about some of our episodes, teaching videos, live Q&As, discounts and deals on the Pain to Purpose course, and certified guide packages. In addition to what you receive, partnering with us in this way is also supporting the free content and community we provide as a ministry, that is positively impacting tens of thousands of people. We couldn't do this podcast or ministry without our partners, and we're incredibly grateful for all of their support. To find out more about what becoming a monthly partner of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries is all about, head to nothingiswasted.com slash partners. If you're interested in the bonus content we have available, you can set up a seven-day free trial to preview the content. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash partners. Let's listen to a clip of some of that bonus content now.
When my daughter turned 18 months old, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And then that's when everything changed. I started researching like crazy and I found out since she was diagnosed before the age of two with an autoimmune disorder, she had an 80% chance of getting another autoimmune disorder down the road in her mm. lifetime sometime and probably something more severe. And so here I am thinking, I mean, there's no cures for this. Like, what do I do? So I started researching like crazy. And that is what set my journey of understanding holistic health, understanding that food is medicine and understanding it's not about weight loss. It's about actually, it's not even about what you look like. So right. people are always like, I just want to look good. But honestly, it's about feeling good and eating for our health. It's so interesting how when you experience significant loss in your life and then you wrestle through this this idea of surrendering that, right? So you surrender a lot of your hopes and dreams that you had. You start to get to this healing process. And then the phenomenon that happens where we, we start to take those things back. We experience yes. these deep levels of surrender. Okay, God, I'm surrendering and accepting what I'm surrendering to you and accepting what happened in my life. Yes. Okay, now I think I got it from here. <laughs> I experienced Man. that. I'm like, I got this now, God. Like, I and and then you start wrestling with it and realize the reason I am holding on to this even t more, uh, even tighter than what I was before, is because mm. I'm terrified of mm. something happening again in my life that would hurt as excruciatingly as what mm. that did. And and then you unpeel that and you go, this is trust. This is an issue of trust. Oh yeah, I mean. This is this is the part where I'm saying discipleship is key. Like, thank you, God, for the discipleship that is happening in the community group for young widows, mm -hmm. because this is the space right now where we are like, oh man, Davy, like you cannot do this alone. You cannot mm -hmm. do this by yourself. Yeah. You cannot surrender and hear clearly from God. Like God told me clearly in July 2020 wait on me. Do not date, wait on me. And he told me, he gave me Isaiah 40. Um, this is so beautiful because mm. I just believe it like a lot now. Yeah. And um, at the time I was very confused. But um, Isaiah 40, he says, um, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Mm. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord yeah. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And he That's was great. like, Brooke, it matters that you wait on my timing. Yeah. Because if I give you the things right now, you're going to grow weary. Mm. Like I need you to be strong. And he just kept telling me the reason I need you to wait and I need you to lean in to the healing that I want to do in you through this pain of purpose curriculum and through the people that I put in your life and, and what you learn when you, you get in the word every morning between now and in the right time, right? Yeah. Is all for the purpose of preparing you for the next season oh, wow. so that when it gets here, you will be strong. That's great. And you'll be ready for it and you'll be prepared. It's that whole thing that you were talking about, how just we can't get ahead of his spirit because there's purpose and yep. where he has us. And yep. we desperately long to, to, to be in the, you know, the, the place where our circumstances look different. Right. But why would we trade what, 
what a transcendent God who sees all things and knows all things is saying is best for us. Like, how does that even make sense? That's so good. That's so good. You know, Brooke, a lot of people are in seasons of singleness and they're hearing some of the same things. They're feeling this pressure, this, this, this pressing of weight, weight, Mm. but it's prompted by, um, a feeling that there's no prospects, if you will. Right. Mm, Yeah. It's like, man, why is, you know, why is nobody pursuing me, uh, to date me? Why is, why is no God not brought somebody in my life? You know, that there's a chemistry and there's a, there's a matching. Um, and, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, but this was not necessarily the case for you. There was, there were prospects, there was a prospect, there was like very clearly you were actually stepping away from mm. um, the opportunities a very good thing. that were put, yeah, a good thing yeah. to be obedient to, um, mm. to Christ in this. Uh, talk to me about that. I just want to underscore that because that's a huge deal to say no when it looks like maybe it looked like God was opening a door. Right, right. Man, it just goes back, oh man, to uh, learning to hear God's voice in the wilderness, right? That I don't know that that I had heard God's clear direction in my life until probably the last, you know, two years or so. And I don't know if it's because I, it's just me at home. And so mm. me and Jesus, you know, we talked to each other a whole lot if Hayes is asleep. But um <laughs> he, when you hear a direction and, and it doesn't make sense, mm. you you have you have to be obedient, right? Mm. And I'll be honest, like it's it's a two way thing. Like, I, if it was up to me, I probably would um, have stepped back into the thing sooner. Yeah. But but when you're in relationship with another person or not in relationship whatever when when you're doing life with somebody who who desperately loves Jesus and and longs to hear his voice and 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 seeks that, you know, I think of Psalm chapter 1 where like when you meditate on the law day and day day and night, you mm. do not hear the counsel of the wicked. You do not listen to the wow. counsel that the world gives you. You hear the the voice of God, and right. that's what you do, even when it doesn't make sense. Mm. So, um, yeah, a very confusing decision to make, but trusting God one hundred percent with it, whatever that looks like, you know, whatever that looks like. Like, there's a reason, and and the Lord has has worked out a ton in my heart in this season, um, whereas I I could say today, you know, like whatever may come, you know, like Mm. do it, God, because I trust that it's good. I trust that it's good. Wow. How do you manage the tension between these, these dreams that started to arise in you of rebuilding life, rebuilding ministry, and at the same time trusting and saying, whatever you want, God, it's, it's okay. How do you, how do you hold both of those together? Because I'm assuming the dreams haven't died. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming no, the dreams are still all. there, if not m- oh. even more so, right? Right. Which, that's the thing, Davey. Like, God wants us to dream. He wants us to yeah. long for things. Like, it's our flesh that's terrified to do that. Mm. And so I think just knowing that my feelings need to take a back seat 
And the truth of like what God's promised, what the vision that God's given me for my future, Mm. um, the things he wants me running after are just so clear. Yeah. Now they're going to get in there is going to look way different Mm. than Brooke would orchestrate. I can (laughs) already tell you I've learned that. Good grief. Um, So I think I've just learned like the things are going to be the thing. But hey, let's talk about the Old Testament because Mm. I've read through the Old Old Testament a couple of times this past year. And I love the Old Testament because here's the theme (laughs) is that God gives a promise and he gives a vision. He he puts a longing like in Abraham's (sighs) heart, right? And then he has him wait for it to come to fruition. Wow. Like this wow. is kind of the way, like this is what we should expect from God. <laughs> this is how he orchestrates things, right? Wow. Right. And you're ministering so to me right we... now, Brooke. Come on. <laughs> True. <laughs> why do we think that he's going to say, hey, I have this great man for you to marry. He's wonderful. He's everything you've ever wanted and you get to marry him tomorrow. Like <laughs> why, why do I think that? Because that's not. Wow. That's he prepares us for the next thing. That's great, and we got to give him time to do that. Mm. You know. Hmm. Um, oh, but does it feel excruciating? Oh, ex excruciating. Yeah, I cannot in my flesh just believe something different. Mm. I need the Holy Spirit, yeah. and and that's what I what I knew and what I believed when you know I, I was a child and asked the Holy Spirit to come you know, save me for my sin and I wanted to run after Jesus. Well, that's also the same thing I believe at 38 years old when I'm struggling to surrender a big thing to Jesus. It's like, Holy Spirit, you have to come give me grace to do the thing because I I literally cannot do it. Like that is not a work of flesh. It is a work of spirit. And um, man, just that reliance on him for sanctification is is huge. Yep. It's the, you know, in theological terms, you're in seminary right now. So you're, yeah, you're right there. Yeah. But the, it's this, the saving grace and the sustaining grace mm. that God brings, you know, both of those things into our life. It's, and it's, um, the same grace that he uses to save us. He, he also brings in to sustain us. Brooke, I'm sure that, you know, no doubt there's widows that you're working with that they're wrestling through the same thing with, you know, dreams of rebuilding their life and their family. And yet, you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't materialized yet. They're in a waiting season. Mm-hmm. There's so many right. people who are dealing with that. that are listening right now Yeah. on some front, whether it's widowhood or divorce or whether it's just a season of singleness, that's been a longstanding one or whatever. They're, they're looking for answers. God, where are you in this time mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. If you're having coffee with each one of them, what would you tell them right now? I'm saying he's making you stronger right now. Mm. He's making you strong. Like he is not setting you up for another disappointment. He is not hearing your pleas and your cries and your longings for spouse, for family. Like he, like he hears you. He sees you. He knows the longings in your heart and he put them there. He put them there. I tell myself all the time. I'm like, Hayes wants, I mean, God wants Hayes to have a daddy more than I want Hayes to have a daddy. Like that is the father's heart for my child. And um, I be- I just believe that. And um, I think in this season, there is a very good reason why he's having you wait. And um, I've watched it actually over. And so I'm, I'm almost four years. So I've walked this out with a lot of women who have gotten remarried already. 
Um, and I will just tell you, like, and Davy, you can speak to this. When you get remarried, like, why do we, why do we just think that life's hunky dory like, again? That's the you line. know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. like marriage is yeah. so hard. It I was is. married for almost twelve years yep. to Doug, so I think I have that expectation. You know, right. we had a beautiful marriage, but marriage is also a lot of work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with children even more so like yeah it's just you can't you can't be crawling (laughs) when when that time comes you have to be um ready yeah 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 i had a friend who told me that you know it was maybe three or four months after his remarriage after he lost his wife that he slipped into really really deep dark depression Mm. because and what he realized was is that it was because underneath the surface, he couldn't, it wasn't necessarily prominent as a thought, but underneath Mm -hmm. the surface, he thought that, that marriage was a destination. So he thought his grief journey was getting him to this destination of marriage. And then it was all going to be good. And Mm. then, and then it fell short, you know, and it wasn't her Mm. fault. It wasn't his new wife's fault. It was because he put his hope into something that is a created thing, not the creator. Right. Mm. He put his hope in marriage. Marriage is a created thing. God gave us this gift, this created thing of marriage, this institution. He marriage is not our end all be all. It is not our our anchor, is not the thing that's gonna sustain us or provide for us or um and your spouse is not either. And so mm-hmm. going into it with that kind of expectation is going to set you up for some major disappointment. But yeah. going into it tapping into the true source of fulfillment, and that's Jesus. That's where you can become, you can tap into the life source and you can become a stream of living water flowing into your marriage. You can, Mm. like what you said, running into this marriage rather than crawling into it. Mm. God's strengthening you right now. And you know what? Let me say this about happiness, I guess. I don't even know if I (laughs) want to use that word. But let's just talk about what Paul says about Mm. wholeness, right? He very much preaches that... um, it's not related to our circumstances and right. it's more so related to becoming the person that God wants us to be. Yeah, that's good. And so I think if we can at least, you know, take, take that and say, all right, God, like my circumstances are not ideal right now, but what I'm running after my, why I get up in the morning and my, why is because I want to be conformed in the person that you want me to be. Mm. And like when that, change and transformation and things happen within you and you feel yourself becoming more and more and more like the person God wants you to be, that's where a, a lot of contentment can come yeah. and rest. Yeah. Um, and, I, and one of my young widows asked a couple months ago, I've been chewing on this for a while. She was like, what does contentment look like in this season? Like, wow. what does it look like? And so I've been sitting with that. And that's kind of where I've landed is like contentment. We got to read what Paul says, you know, it it looks like leaning into sanctification and becoming more and more the person that God wants us to be. It doesn't look like our circumstances changing yeah, because he's going to do that when it's time, you know. That's good. That's so good. Wow. Brooke, I'm so appreciative of this time. I'm so grateful for your ministering to my heart over here. Um, That Abraham thing, whoo. Why would we expect that God would operate any differently? You know, when this becomes the paradigm of how he chose his people, this is how he's going to choose us as well. And how he's going to walk us in our destiny is he's going to give us longings and then he's going to ask us to wait and trust in him. Mm. 
Uh, don't let so go good. the longings. So don't good. let go. Yes. In the midst of it, don't let go. Hold on to that. Um, hold on to those dreams he's planting in your heart and watch him do it. You know, mm. um, Brooke, we're so grateful. Where can we follow you? Where can we get connected with songs of the night? Um, how can we just uh, find out more about and, and, and get, get more of Brooke Tally? Um, Instagram is probably the best starting point. Um, there is a website. So if you go to Instagram at songs in the night and then at Brooke Tally, and if you look in my bio, it'll kick you right over to songs in the night. And then on the songs in the night, Instagram page is a link to our website. And I'll just say on the website, that's where you would submit a young widow's information. If you want her Mm. to receive a care crate. So literally there's a form you fill out and we kick it to, to that person. And then we start to kind of connect with them early in their journey. So it's awesome. Yeah. And if you want to get involved with Brooke's community group of young widows on the nothing is wasted community group platform, just go to nothing is wasted.com slash community groups slash community groups. And uh, you can get connected with Brooke there. Brooke, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thanks, baby. I love Brooke Tally. I mean, oh, she's amazing. Unbelievable, unbelievable uh, addition to the Nothing is Wasted Ministries and just an incredible perspective on on how she sees her story and how she's ministering out of her story to, with other people. You know, we 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 met Brooke and we were doing ministry with her for a long time, well, over a year before we actually met her in person. You know, we've been doing oh, everything wow, really? online with a lot of our certified guides. And then, you know, recently we went and, and did this. Uh, retreat for our, our entire ministry, and Brooke mm-hmm. was there. And I remember Christy and I having a conversation with her, and just being like, "Brooke is unreal, so so uh, so good." So awesome. In fact, while wow. we were there, we were thinking about recording this conversation. Taylor was there, which, by the way, Taylor Carlier, thank you for joining Hello. us again. I'm back. Taylor's back with us to talk a little bit more about singles. So but Taylor, back, you were Taylor. there at yes. the retreat and you came to me and you said, we've, we've got to put Brooke on the podcast, but in the singleness series. Yeah. And the only reason I even was like, we have to, cause she's a widow. And yeah. so, you know, we're talking about releasing a widow series here soon. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know why, but I felt like Holy Spirit was saying, no, she has to go in the singleness series. And, and then wow. the funny part is, is I was the only never been married before person at the retreat. <laughs> um, <laughs> So bad. So did we do this? We did this one exercise where it was like it was Clayton and Shari King spoke and they challenged marriages and families and stuff. And I was like, okay, I want you to go and have a conversation with your spouse. And I was like, oh, and I literally I'm going, oh no. And there's two left, right? There's Taylor and there's Brooke. Brooke Tally. Brooke Tally. Taylor, you and Brooke go have a conversation. But it was amazing. And, you know, it was God ordained at the end of the day because it was amazing to hear from her perspective, um, being in a different single season of singleness than I am, Mm -hmm. but but feeling a kindred spirit in some ways because of her determination to wait on God and not and wait on his timing and not her own. And and that just was so encouraging to me. I went back to my roommate uh, later and was like, you know, that. I felt that ministered to my heart, Brooke's um, mm. experience and just wanting, you know, she, she could just jump into another marriage right, at right. any point if, yeah, if she wanted to, right. but that she really cares about surrendering every aspect of her life to God yeah. is what was so inspiring to me. And I just felt like God was really, you know, trying to show, wanted to show our listeners really that, that, you know, when we surrender, when we say like, God, I surrender all, it yeah. really means all. All. 
It really means wow. a lot. It means our dating lives too. Wow. And I even think, um, I don't know if you guys uh, know Jenny Allen, mm. but she's an author mm-hmm. that I followed for a while. Yeah. And she wrote a book called Anything. And it's about praying the audacious prayer of anything. Like, God, I will do anything. Oh, wow. It's like an wow. open hands prayer of, of and, wow. and I prayed that years ago and I was like, does that also mean singleness? <laughs> does, that mean, does that mean in anything that, Almost that you anything. could, yeah, that you could also, you know, that book's not as inspiring. <laughs> Almost anything. Yeah. Almost, Almost anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. That surrender is like, is like, okay, if I'm going to say, God, I'll do anything. Yeah. That could mean I'm single for the rest of my life. I yeah. don't know. Right. I just right. I, it just feels like the words of Isaiah, you know, in Isaiah six, where it's like, Whom shall I send? You know, mm. and he raises his hand, says, Send me, I'll go. But, you know, I think it's um uh, DL Moody that said God is or the world is yet to see what God can do through one man or one woman who is fully devoted mm. to him. Wow. Who would who wow. would truly surrender everything and anything yeah. to his wow. work. And uh I think you're right. I think when we begin to start thinking about this idea, this notion of, yeah, you know, I've got things that I'll surrender to God, but what are those things that are that are like, I don't know. I still want to hold on to this. That one hurts the a little bit more than the other ones. Yeah, yeah that was a little harder. That's yeah. sacrifice, yeah. right? That's mm. what real true obedience looks mm-hmm. like. And that's, whew, it's challenging. Yeah, no, it it is. And, and I think, and I think it's, I mean, I think it's constant. I think, yeah. I think the world around us wants, even in, honestly, it's worse than Christianity. I'm just yeah, going to be a hundred percent. It is worse than Christianity right. to that marriage has, you know, we've talked about it in this series a little bit, that marriage has become so elevated mm. that it feels like that's the part of our life that, you know, your arrival point. Yeah. And, and that a lot of people will say to you things like, Oh, don't worry. It will happen for you one day. Yeah, right. And I'm mm. like, I don't, I first of all, please stop saying that. Yeah. Because because that's, <laughs> that's not a good word. No one say that anymore. It's not it's yeah. not a promise. And mm-hmm. that's you know, that's yeah. something that, you know, God I mean, Jesus was single. We've talked about that many times. <laughs> Wait, yes. What? Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, Paul, from what we know, yeah. was single and, and there's many people in the Bible and in history that have done amazing things for God that were single and it's like the yeah. more when we say those kinds of things to people in the church, we are telling, we are bypassing what God is trying to do in their lives right. and putting our own agenda on them. Yeah, that's so good. Mm. You know, I think that's about so good, Taylor. what we kind of talked about a little bit in this conversation was this idea of, of really finding wholeness and completeness in singleness, right? Mm-hmm. In any season that we're in, like, I mean, Paul even talks about that he's learned what it means to be content in all seasons, whether mm-hmm. he has abundance or whether he's in scarcity, whether he's, you know, in danger or whether he's safe, whether he is single or married or whatever it is, it's finding that contentment. And really, I think that contentment lies on the other side of obedience. Yeah. I think when we, when we obey, even to the place that it's sacrificial and it hurts, what we find then is that our hearts are now opened up to be able to find completeness and wholeness in Christ where it wasn't before, because now we're yeah. holding on to something else that, that we think is going to fulfill us or, or satiate our desires. And, and Jesus is like, just, if you'll let that go, you know, give it up to me. I will feel you like that thing can't. Yep. Yeah. And that's, what's going to sustain you ultimately, Yeah. because mm. you guys both know you're both married that 
that right. at the end of the day that your spouse is not what who's making you whole. Yeah, exactly. And so right. if that's right. what you're waiting for, yeah. um, you know, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. That feeling of wholeness uh, basically lasts through the reception. <laughs> of your, <laughs> and you're I feel like, like I keep, I keep thinking of that <laughs> scene from Jerry Maguire where what's his face is you like, you complete me. me. It's like, that's not true. No. Like that's an actual <laughs> lie. Like no other created thing can complete you. It is that's the Lord right. who makes you whole. Only the creator. Mm-hmm. Only right. the creator. Yeah, yep. that's right. Well, we are so passionate about you finding your wholeness, whether right. you're single, whether you're married, whether you're grieving, whether you're coming out of a season of grief, or maybe you're walking with someone in pain. And because of that, we have a lot of resources for you so that you can partner with God to take back your story. If you go to nothingiswasted.com, check out our pain to purpose course. Mm -hmm. We have that for churches. We have that for individuals. Check out our community groups um, where you can join with another group of sufferers, essentially, who are on a journey together to partner with God. You can also hire a certified guide. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com. We also want to give a shout out to Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at nothingiswastedministries. You can follow me at Davy Blackburn, and you can follow Aubrey at Aubsam. You can follow Taylor at Taylor Carlier. That's true. Taylor <laughs> Good Carlier. Good luck. So glad C-A-R-L-I-E-R. you said that, Davy. So you can kind of journey with her a little bit more in this singleness season. It'll be fun. That's right. Journey with Taylor. <laughs> journey <laughs> next. Week, journey with Taylor. Journey that's with our, Taylor. That's your it's, podcast, Taylor. Oh, that's coming that out. Be journey with podcast. Taylor. Here it is. I like it. I have no, That's no really words. good. Taylor's telling us to move on. Move on, move on. <laughs> this is what happens in the background, guys. <laughs> Our producer says, come on, time, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Next week continues our singleness series oh. with Kate Warman, who's from the heart of dating. She's an awesome resource for anybody who is dating or That's wants right. to know more about dating. So we're <laughs> excited to listen to a clip from her episode that we can listen to right now. That's right. And I remember this specific moment where this friend said this to me. It was probably about five or so years ago now. And I was like, oh my gosh, that will ne- no, like that's yeah. not, that's right. never going to happen. Like literally it was like the last scenario I ever thought possible yeah. because, you know, I was still working through even shame that I believed about myself for my story and for so much of the pain that had happened in my life. And I was like, I know that all of that has happened and I've worked through a lot of it, but the thought of even sharing those things to other people was um, very, very overwhelming and brought up a lot of fear for me. 